Hello, everyone. This is the Grace Point Daily Podcast. I am your host, Jeremiah Johnson. Thank you for joining us on this episode number 19. This is part two of Letters to the Church, and today we're going to be talking about the sacred. Before we dive right in, I just want to say once again, thank you so much for joining us each and every episode on the Grace Point Daily Podcast. We're almost 20 episodes in. We're over 600 plays. You guys are doing awesome. I hope that you like it, that you share it. You can. I'm on the Anchor app. I have it open on my phone right now. You can favorite it. You can favorite it. You can applause it. You can share it. You can leave a message. And I thank you to, shout out to Mike Esch, leaving messages. That's the goal. We want you to interact. And I hope even in your interaction, let us know of some things that you want us to to cover in the future, some topics, themes, etc. Bible verses. We'll dive right into it. You leave me a message, leave me a comment, and I promise you we will get to it in the future. But today we're going to dive right into this episode talking about the sacred. Now, our thoughts are coming out of a book called Letters to the Church, which is written by Francis Chan. I encourage you, all of you, go get a copy, pick it up, read it. It's an easy read, but it's very convicting, very challenging, and it's just, I believe, calling the church to a deeper place. So chapter two is titled The Sacred. And uh, obviously in this podcast, I'm just giving you things that, that really stuck out to me. I'm giving you some of my take regarding the things that he said. But you know, you're probably going to read the book and God's going to speak different things to you. So hopefully the things that I say will encourage you, but pick up a copy of the book and I guarantee you that you will be encouraged as well. And there'll be so many more things that you can pick up as you dive into it. So the sacred, here's where we're going to start off today. Uh, have, have we forgotten that the church is a sacred, holy place, that our God is holy? I mean, he is sacred. And all that to say is that I believe that in our culture today, we have created a very selfish, carnal form of Christianity where it's like, you know, we, dude, we just come to Jesus however we want to and however we feel like we want to. But yet God is sacred and holy and we don't just come to him however we want to come to him. And our church, and we have what really Francis Chan is bringing out in this book, which I agree with, is that so often in church, we make it all about us, our wants and our needs rather than is church more about pleasing us or is it about pleasing God? Is my life about pleasing God or him pleasing me? And we know it. Trust me, if you want to turn on the Christian television right now, you can find a hundred, a thousand preachers that will talk, will give you all kinds of lovely self-help messages that will give you messages about you getting blessed. But I believe the scripture calls us to a different level and that it really is more about You know, the Bible says this, one of my favorite scriptures in Luke chapter nine, it says, if anyone wants to follow me, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me for whoever wants to save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life will, will find it. Um, Have you ever, do, do we, you know, we give little thought to the rights that, that God deserves. You know, there are rights that, that God deserves. God actually deserves our everything. He deserves our worship. He, all of our worship, all of our life. And have we considered that as I'm getting a phone call? Sorry about that. Uh, (laughs) It's Jesus calling right now. Silence your cell phone when you're doing a podcast. But have you given thought to that about the rights that God deserves? And are you giving God what he deserves or has the summation of your 
Christianity become all about you? And that's challenging. That's challenging in our prayer life. Now, I am Pentecostal. I pray in tongues. And one of the things that I say a lot is the reason I pray in tongues more than I pray in English is because if I just pray in English, it's just so much about me and what I want and what I'm demanding of God rather than just trying to say, God, what do you want? What do you want from me? And what can I give to you? And in this particular chapter, there's a quote that I'm going to dive into right away that I think is powerful because he goes into talking about us, the church, the body believers. And he says that there is no greater honor on earth than to be part of God's church. You know, for those of us that have made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, what's amazing is that, you know, God, we, some of us, we know the truth. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting. The moment that I gave my life to Jesus, he gave me salvation. He gave me eternal life, a free gift from God. But you know what? Something else beautiful happened as well is that I became a part of God's church. You know, we we have, this is a struggle for me as a pastor in today's culture is that we have, you know, not necessarily just the younger generations. I was reading some stats last Sunday in regards to church talking about how many people in certain age groups and how many people are leaving the church today. And there's just this complete devalue of the church in general. And in one sense, I understand those people because we've made it about religion. We've made it about the religious structure and people aren't turned on to that. They don't want that in many ways. But yet at the same token, we've lost the beauty and the essence of that. All of us, we are a part of God's church and it's the most beautiful wonderful privilege. We should want to be a part of the church. Instead of abandoning and running away from the church, we should want to be a part of the church because it's who I am. It's it's what I am. I am the church. The church is not a building. It's, and I, again, I know we've focused on that and we've made that our point of emphasis probably a little bit too much, but the church is not a location or a building I am the church and I am not the church exclusively. I'm a part of the body of Christ. And the only way that I can be, and you'll hear me go on this tangent all the time. The only way that I can be an effective follower of Jesus is by being a part of the church, by being a part of the body of Christ. He quotes this in the book. If achievement is your idol, you won't make, you won't make time for mystery. Uh, And he's talking about the mystery of being a part of the body of Christ and being a part of the church. That when we get saved, once again, we supernaturally get connected and we become a part of the church. I know when I, before I moved here to Missouri, that when I was pastoring uh, a church in Utah, I remember that there was one particular person that is like, I'm not going to come to church anymore. I'm done with church, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, got sent an article and it was talking about the done generation that we're done with church. We're done with religion. You know, we're done with all this stuff. We're just going to do our own thing. And I was so saddened by that because they're, in my opinion, and scripturally, they're missing out on the importance of the church. And you know, what's interesting is we were designed to be the church. We're designed to be a part of the church. You know, there's this innate human thing that happens is that no matter what 
your hobby or your interest is or your religion is, is that no matter how times and seasons and generations change, we have this habit of gathering, of getting together over common interests and things that we have. And because we were designed by God for that reason, we, we, we naturally want to be with other people. We naturally want to gather. And in, even in the church, we should want to do that. We, that, you know, from Old Testament to New Testament, things have changed in terms of that Jesus has come and that, you know, he didn't abolish the law. He's the fulfillment of it, that now there is salvation to all of humanity. But yet from Old Testament to New Testament, the one thing that Jesus loves, that God loves and values, is when his people gather together to worship him and bring him the worship that is due to his name. And uh, so we're struggling with this mindset today. I mean, more people, or excuse me, not more people, less people are going to church than ever before. Less people are engaged in the church. Less people are following church in America. And again, I think we've done a poor job in many ways, but at the same token, part of the reason is, is because we've preached this and we've created this whole system that church is about us and what we want and it's not about what God wants and it's not about him and the sacred holy wonder and awe that we should have as being a part of the church. You know, in the book of Revelation, there's this beautiful descriptive moment that says, you know, that they're, they're, the, the elders and, and everyone was surrounding the throne and they were all crying, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And you know what? That one day, that's what's going to happen is that one day there's going to be one big, giant, massive church service that we're going to have. We're all going to be gathered and it's not a good, it's not going to be about us. It's not going to be about the worship we want. It's going to be about Jesus. And what's interesting, the more we make church about us, the more that division and selfishness sets into the life of the church. You know, Francis Chan touches on this subject in this chapter and definitely in other parts of the book about, you know, that there's just so much division in the church today that there, there's people from hopping from church to church. There's people leaving this church and not going to church anymore. And there's so much division in the church. And, you know, bottom line, the reason is, is that we have made church all about us and about what we can get and what in, in, re- in reality, reality, we're saying, God, what you should give us when really we're owed nothing and Jesus deserves everything, right? And so here's the thing. We can't be enablers of division. God hates this sin too much. His temple is too sacred. You know, God hates division. And I've been a part of it. You've been a part of it. We're all a part of it at some times. But hopefully as we mature and grow in our faith, we can learn that church is not about us. It's about him. And we don't bring division into the house of God, but rather we become this beautiful part that submits to the body of Christ. You know, there's a wonderful truth is not only uh, is that are we a part of the church, but that we are the church. You know, remember that the temple was the location where God chose to live on earth. In the Old Testament, there was one location, there was one temple, there was one place that God's presence dwelled. 
And now the church is that temple. We are the temple. Have you ever sat back to stand in awe and to think about that, that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? Uh, it's interesting in Utah when we lived there, uh, there in, in our city, they had built a brand new Mormon temple. And when you build a new Mormon temple, there's lots of fa- fanfare regarding that. And they, they give tours and for a period of time that uh, those of us that are, um, I can't remember, Gentile, not Gentiles, but whatever, that those of us that are not card-carrying <laughs> Mormons that can't get in, allow us to come in there. And, and they make such a, a big deal of it. And, you know, in the temple, there's one room that's kind of the, the sacred place where God's presence really is. And, and I'm not here to debate that in this episode or this podcast at all. But I do want to say, as you know, that the presence of God is no longer contained to a building, you are that temple. I I don't need to go to a temple. I am the temple. And so that should challenge me. And I should think about that in the process of my Christianity and my following Christ is that, you know, uh, that, that, you know, where I go to church, I go to church, Grace Point. Some of you are listening, you go to Grace Point. Well, that's not the temple. You're the temple. I'm the temple. When we gather together, we're the church. And we have to keep that perspective in mind. It's interesting. I remember there was one time we were doing a funeral. And clearly this was a family that many of the people were disconnected from God. uh, And, you know, not, uh, (laughs) they just weren't followers of Christ. Let me just put it that way. I'm not even saying that in a a judgmental way. It was reality. But I remember uh, there was a father and had a son uh, and the son was running around kind of being crazy in the church and things like that. And he was like, Hey, this is the house of God. And I found it almost comical because he really, you know, the moment he stepped outside of the church we were in, uh, he was comfortable doing in living ways that don't honor God. But all of a sudden when he stepped into that building, which was a church, all of a sudden it's now like, Whoa, God's here. We, we can't, you know, we can't talk, say certain words. We have to act a certain way. This is the house of God. No. And I understand that. I honor that, respect that. Obviously when we come in to our church building, we want to respect it as it is God's house, as it's God's property. Uh, You know, I got crazy boys. I don't want them running around and destroying the church, but I want them to understand one day as they grow and that for every one of us, that this church is that this is just a building, it's not a temple, uh, that you're the temple. You are the place that God wants to dwell. You know, we don't, if, if we could reconnect with those awesome people in the, in the Old Testament and they could step into our New Testament world, do you realize how awestruck that they would be by that, that we would get to be the temple of God when, when their whole form of religion and connecting with God all revolved around that temple. And now Jesus has come and we get to be the temple. The temple was a location where God chose to live on earth. I'm repeating this one more time. And now the church is that temple. We are the temple. You are part of something much bigger than yourself, something sacred. Through Jesus's sacrifice, you have been joined to his church. Because of this, you are not only a part of God's sacred temple, but also a part of the heavenly community. 
this is huge. We are a part of something so much bigger. You know, that's what I love. Um, one of the things that I think is amazing when I go overseas and some of the missions trips that I've done that I gather together with other cultures and other people, different language, different skin color, but yet we're the same. We're the same church. We're the same brothers and sisters in Christ. And there's something supernatural and there's something amazing about that. Joy comes as we stand among those Jesus has redeemed and get lost in the sea of worship, becoming fully a part of something sacred. We are a part of something sacred. We are a part of something holy. We are a part of something beautiful. You know, you should love that you are the church and you get to be a part of the church. I don't know. Maybe I'm super weird, but I love going. I mean, I love that. I, I, I make sure I'm preaching the truth that I'm talking about, but I love that I'm the church, but I love that I'm a part of the church. I love every Sunday when I get to gather together and I get a worship with other believers, other followers of Christ. Obviously, I'm preaching most of the time, but I love when I get to hear the word of God. I love when I'm encouraged. I love when I get to pray for other people. I love when other people love on me. I said this other night when we were talking about unity and, and oneness in the church, about loving one another, that there was a, a great old saint in our church the other day that just stopped into the church and he just said something as simple as, hey, I love you, pastor. And that meant the world to me. And I was like, wow, this is, this is my brother. And we're connected with the church. So here's what I want to encourage you with this on this podcast today, uh, which is going to be a theme throughout the letters to the church is that, listen, man, church is not about you. And there's just going to be that temptation. There's going to be that struggle uh, that we wanted <laughs> to be about us. I was even, I had lunch with a pastor today and he was talking about <laughs> One time he's preaching and this guy got up and walked over to another guy and, um, you know, had him come out to the foyer and just talked the rest of the time. And, and he addressed him like, hey, why did you do that? And he's like, well, you know, I just didn't really need that message. Um, so I just wanted to talk to the other guy. And it's kind of crazy, right? That that guy thought that he didn't need the word of God, that he, he was kind of so spiritually uh, in a place that, and I'm uh, just crazy, you know, he, he was making church about him and not about other people. Church is not about you. It's about God and what can, you can bring to him. And if you would just take that perspective, when you do gather, when you come to church, it changes everything. When you come to church and saying like, okay, the pastor better give me something today. I better get fed. No, rather coming with the complete opposite mentality of like, you know, I'm here to worship you, God. I'm here to serve you today. I'm here to pray for other people. I'm here to to, to do whatever. Maybe, God, you're going to speak through me today. You're going to give a word through me or whatever. If you take on that perspective, it will completely change the way church is. Secondly, if you begin to view yourself as the church, that you, that you are the temple, it changes everything. It changes what you look at, what you consume, what you put into your spiritual well-being, that you're the temple of God, that you're, that everywhere you go, the presence of God is right there with you, that, that he is, that, that he's watching you, you know? And, uh, I love the, the, the other day I was praying, hide and go seek with my boys and, and <laughs> I wasn't really hidden that, that secretly, but you know, I was hiding and I could see them. And finally I popped out and 
uh, you know, they're like, ah, you know, and they, they run away and scream and we're having a great time. And they're like, where were you? You know? And it's kind of funny. Cause it was like, well, I was just, I was actually just behind the door watching you. And you know, that's, that's how it is with God. God is not, not far away. He's right there with you. And sometimes we have that, that same mentality, like, Lord, where are you at? You know? And Jesus is like, I'm, I'm really, I'm just right here. And uh, you're the temple. God is with you. What's, what's in your temple? You know, what's in your temple? Uh, What are you putting into your spiritual life? And then finally, do you love the church? Do you love being a part of the church? Are you one of these people that are just like, oh, I don't really need church. I don't, you know, that, that church has just become optional, that it's become secondary. And I am, I'm talking about going to a church and gathering together with other followers of Christ to worship him. That is something that is so sacred. That is so beautiful. You should not miss out on that. And rather you should take every opportunity that you can to pursue that. Thank you so much for listening. My phone is blowing up. It's all of you calling me to tell tell me how much you enjoy the podcast. (laughs) I hope this one encourages you. I'm looking forward to several more episodes of Letters to the Church. But thank you for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Bye.